that, that's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. You might not think that a few simple words could make you crave McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. But if you listen closely to the sound of me saying, McGriddles, McMuffin, you might be wrong. La la of la la la, let me explain. Hello and welcome to Iway. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to have you here. And I think my audience are going to be so happy to have you here because you are exactly what this podcast is about, which is a very no-nonsense, straight-talking approach to how we can be our happiest and most whole selves and truly live our best lives, not in the sort of frustrating capitalist way it gets projected but in a a very true and authentic and safe way and so I really appreciate your work and I'm really happy to have you here to help me answer all these uh, questions which you are far more qualified to answer than I am. Thank you yeah I'm really excited to be here I'm really honoured actually I really enjoy your podcast and I really enjoy you as a woman and a voice a powerful empowering feminist voice so absolutely honored to be here thank you and likewise i wonder what your dm i mean this episode is probably just an extension of your dms it must be constantly people writing to you with very intimate stories and asking you very intimate questions yeah i mean so my podcast on a wednesday is agony on wednesday my podcast is it's not you it's them but it might be you so i'm always answering questions on there and then i do an insta live which is agony on questions and then i've got a weekly agony aunt column with okay magazine which is agony aunt questions so yeah and i have a special separate uh, instagram at ask la 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 let me explain where all the questions go so yeah that is my speciality giving out advice does this mean that it's like do your friends now come to you and take your advice with more of a sense of authority or do you still um have ask whole friends ask whole friends are people who ask your advice and never take it since doing this full time I'm a really terrible friend I can't cope with it I when it's like the weekend I'm like I can't I can't like just please don't ask me about your boyfriend ask somebody else I just I can't do this right now so actually it's one of the things that I really need to work on in friendships because I just I don't have the capacity to help anyone outside of what I do because it's just constant 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 but my friends are pretty good my friends do come to me for advice but they're very they're all women in their 40s who are pretty I they, think it'd they be know quite what funny they're if they're all now like, anonymously writing to you as a way to get you to actually respond <laughs> do you know what a couple of times I have had to use friends things for like okay magazine or whatever I'll be like listen I love you but can I just put this in the column and then I'll give you the answer there or they'll get a voice note. I'll just be like, hey, like, I can't, I can't cope with this, but like, this is what I would tell you to do. They all know 
Every, if you've yeah. been following me for a long enough time or you've been my friend for a long enough time, you know what the know. advice is going to be. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, me and my best friend have long calls. I've got a lot of social workers in my life. So, uh, you know, that's that's where I come from. That's my background. So my best friend is a social worker and we mm. sit on the phone for hours and we advise each other. And she's she's really my sounding board. But yeah, me and, me and my friends kind of bounce off each other. But um but they don't directly, they know not to be like, hey. Well, actually, you know, that's a lie. People do come to me for advice and I do help them. But sometimes, I'm just thinking of actually literally last weekend when a friend was, we were at a party and she was like, oh, something's happened. I'm feeling really jealous. And I was like, I can't. I just can't, not at a party. But I am available on the phone for friends yeah, when I have space and time. That's good to know. Yeah. It's fair. It's fair. And I, I appreciate you talking about balance. It's something I've been thinking about a lot lately is making sure that I don't pour too much out into the world or and into my career or into my work and then not spend enough time with the people who I've built long relationships with. Anyway, that is, you know, that's a New Year's resolution for me and uh, I think for many of us to find more balance. And I'm going to jump into the questions because just because there are so many and people were so excited that you were coming on the podcast. And these are some deep and intense questions, so buckle up. (laughs) All right, so the first one is, I'm 41, divorced and dating, and I've recently started seeing someone for a few months now that I have a great connection with. However, I've started to notice some behaviours that concern me. He sometimes makes dismissive or even derogatory comments about women when he's upset, and I've observed him being unnecessarily aggressive in situations that don't call for it. I care about him, but these behaviours are red flags for me, and I'm unsure how to address them. How can I have a constructive conversation with him about this behaviour without triggering defensiveness or aggression? I want to understand where this is coming from and see if it's something that we can work through together. What a lovely person this sounds like. What did she say? How long have they been together? Just a few months. Oh, get, go, get rid. Why would you want to even talk about this or resolve this at this point? Well, she it's says like she's you're... got a great connection. This person, rather, I don't know. Their gender, yeah, we've but... always got great connections with terrible people. You know what I mean? That's how and they why is that? In... Well, because that's all part of it, isn't it? No, if you wouldn't go on a date, first date with someone who's absolutely hideous and then remain there, there's always that balance of the the positive, you know, the, that thing that charms us and draws us in. Uh, that's why we, we we then stay when they are being horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you are a few months into something and there are a number of red flags, he's reacting with defensiveness. Well, he sometimes like, makes... So it doesn't sound like he's been horrible yet to this person, but it's, but they say that um, he sometimes makes dismissive or even derogatory comments about women when he's upset and he can be unnecessarily aggressive in situations that don't call for it. Um, yeah. And so it seems like this person wants to get to the bottom of it in case this is like a trauma response or a mental health issue because they seem to, you know, I think they already feel a bit invested in this person. But you're saying, no, Chuck, get rid of Agre- Derogatory comments about women when they're feeling Huge upset. red flag. I mean, yeah. massive red yeah. red flag. And I, I, I feel like if you've been with this person for 10 years and like suddenly their behavior was changing and they were developing these weird character traits, yeah, explore it, figure out what's happened, figure out what has triggered this. A few months into something, what, what, why, why would that be worth the risk? The, the derogatory about women thing is a huge red flag to me. And what is he saying that's derogatory about women? And also being dismissive of of of, of what of what you say. Dismissive it's... comments about women, I guess, is what. And, and but I think also like the the main red flag is like the fact that 
already you have a fear that you can't talk to someone about something without them becoming aggressive is to me the biggest red flag where it's like your gut instinct has made you reach out to this podcast or reach out to Lala um, because you're afraid. And I think that women have been taught to tolerate and override. And I'm presuming this person is a woman, I might be wrong. Um, but w people who've been socialized as, as women have a big tolerance that we've been taught to endure for fear, fear mm. for our own safety. And and we've just been sort of like hyper-normalized the idea that that's just the way it is from the age of sort of six onwards. And so we often, I'm not saying that this person's doing that, but I can say from my own experience, I, I've gaslit myself about my own safety sometimes in pursuit of like, because of my sympathy for someone that I'm with, especially if it's a man. And that's something I've had to unlearn over time and draw boundaries. So I, I appreciate how fast you came in there with, no, get out. Yeah, there's just no, exactly as you say, we, we have been taught and conditioned to second guess ourselves, to see the yeah. man as maybe having the authority or seeing a relationship as being such a pinnacle of what we have to want to be in and achieve that will overlook all these things to try to make it better just to get to that place of a relationship with somebody who, quite frankly, it's clear from this that uh, you know, it's probably better to be single because if you are afraid that he's going to be aggressive, if, if you have things like this that you need to address within the first few months anyway, and then you're afraid that he's going to be ag aggressive when you, when you do r raise them with him, uh, it's only going to escalate unless right. he suddenly goes off and gets therapy magically and therapy is not just like oh I've got therapy six weeks later boom I'm a different man therapy mm -hmm. is work and actually sometimes you you know the more intense the therapy is actually you, you may even regress and get kind of worse for a bit you, you know what happens when this guy gets worse for no why are we thinking of even therapy no 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 you've got much better things to do on your own go and masturbate meditate moisturize bye <laughs> I also, I love you, but I also want to, uh, and I, again, I don't want to project this onto this person who's written in, but I do think we should just always flag the fact that sometimes that great connection that's mentioned in this uh, this question um, is fight or flight having been romanticized as, you know, basically anxiety and fear for our lives as being romanticized as like butterflies and that, you know, that intense connection you have with someone where you're like, you feel really nervous and you're like, sort of, I can't eat. And I'm, I'm so, we, we think of it always as excitement, but excitement and fear can have the same physio physiological impact on our bodies. And it took mm -hmm. me a really long time to realize that that is a sign that my body's telling me to run away. And to the point where with my current partner, um, I we almost didn't date each other because we didn't have that feeling of like, uh, you know, I'm just going to starve to death with stress. Uh, we were like, well, this can't be love. You know, I love you, but I'm clearly not in love with you because I'm, I feel great all the time. Mm. And so mm. we almost missed like what's now turned out to be a nine-year amazing relationship because we've yeah. been so programmed by media to think that if you don't feel like you're going to die, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that, that then it's not really love. That is such an important point, such an important point. And, and, and also, I mean, to, to add to that, it, it sometimes what we say is a great connection is just the bare minimum, just someone who's mm. being nice to us, just someone who is returning our calls. Because especially I think for a lot of women who 
have dated men have been in so many situations where we do have that like I can't eat I can't sleep because I don't know when he's going to text me back I don't know what how he feels about me I don't know where he's where I stand and then all of a sudden we meet someone who does text us back who lets us know that they like us and to us that's like wow great connection I'm in love with him really because it it needs more than that (laughs) and we're like king This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now listen, we all carry around different stresses, big, small, medium size, and a lot of us keep them bottled up because sometimes we just have to. But doing that all of the time can really, really start to negatively impact your life. And I say that from experience. I'm British. We are told to never say how we're feeling about anything ever. And uh, that's why so many of us are so sad. Now, a way that I was able to remedy that was by having therapy, which was super helpful for me, not only because it's amazing to get things off your chest, but also all week you know as you're bottling things up because it's not always the time or place to say exactly how you feel you know you're going to get that hour where you're able to get everything off your chest and say it exactly as you want to and this therapist isn't going to take it personally and they're not going to hold it against you or throw it back in your face during an argument over dinner next week you just have this complete freedom honestly I think everyone should have therapy regardless of whether they think they need it because it's so amazing to have a confidant it's a journal that talks back to you and helps you with all of your problems. I think therapy is just a safe space to get everything off your chest to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, then maybe you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists if you don't like them anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash iWay today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iWay. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. give it to you. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. that... That's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Let's go, give it to you. Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Give up. Order now at Acura.com. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. We don't know the situation. We can't undermine it. I'm sure there is a, no. you know, some sort of a connection there. But I, I do see where you're coming from. And um, straight out the gate, 10 minutes in, we've ended a relationship. So no wonder yeah. you are anonymous. Um, no, good luck to her. <laughs> She's going to have a She can have a... Like, I, I, do, I do have empathy. She's 41. And it's fucking shit. If you've been looking for someone for a really long time, yeah. at 41, the dating game gets much harder for women. Nobody can deny that. And, um, and it's shit if you finally meet someone and you think, actually, this is going really well but fucking hell there's now Mm. a number of red flags and it would be very sensible of me to cut it off at this point it's not easy to do it's not easy to do and she probably won't but I would really advise her to and tell your friends about this stuff don't hide any of this from your friends tell your friends about these red flags talk to people about this create a little safety support network around yourself 
if you don't leave now, just at least prepare yourself and don't get too invested with things. You know, don't get a mortgage. Don't move him in yet. Just yeah. take it slow. And um, good luck to that person. They sound very emotionally intelligent and tolerant and whoever they do end up with will be very lucky. Um, okay. So this one's now about friendship, which I always find so interesting. And we get so many questions about this on this podcast. How do I break up with a longer term friendship? I've been friends with a woman for over 16 years, but as we've gotten older, I just feel like we've grown apart. I feel a lot of pressure from her to keep the friendship going and to make time for her. But if I'm honest, she's just not my kind of person anymore. And whenever we do hang out these days, I dread it. Oof. Um, she's done absolutely nothing wrong and has always been super loyal, but we just don't have anything in common help. Oh, that's so it's sad. It's just it? so, it's so much harder than I'm leaving my husband of 25 years for some reason. It just always feels so much more dramatic and like a, a harder rejection that we all find so awkward. I would love to hear what your thoughts are on it. You know, it's a really difficult one because I'm not sure whether I would want somebody to sit down and say to me, I don't want to be your friend anymore. I, mm. I, I feel like I might prefer them to slow fade. And I don't recommend that in romantic relationships. So I'm not sure why I feel like I would prefer that in a friendship. And I guess maybe I'm thinking that because, well, uh, some people, a lot of people have multiple friends. Whereas unless you're poly, you have one romantic partner. So it, it could, I think, probably feel a bit more significant. I think I've had friends over the years who've outright ghosted me and other friends who've like slow faded me. I've never had anyone sit down and say, I don't want to be your mate anymore. And I and I feel like if somebody did that, I'd be like, all right, you weirdo. Even though that doesn't make them a weirdo for not wanting to be my friend. It, well, it's a more explicit rejection, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and like I think it would something feel about really I want to have sex with other people or it's something about it being a physical attraction that weirdly can be, in a way, it can feel more hurtful, but it's also mm. somehow less personal than your innate personality and yeah. blend and, and sense of being. Like, it, like they are she's just lost they've lost their connection they have and it's so yeah. normal it's so normal to grow up and grow in different directions like we're all a product of our environment we're all a like product of our experiences and they shape us so differently but feels like a bigger rejection because you're not actually stopping someone from having you're not getting in the way of anything uh when when you're asking to be one yeah. of someone's many friends and so someone's just going no I don't want yeah. you and so actually even though I do yeah I feel like that would be it's actually quite yeah, refreshing gosh. to hear you say this because like traditionally all advice and like I feel like the internet has become has made us so ruthless and really encourages ruthlessness of just like I'm setting my boundaries and my boundaries are the most important thing and our boundaries are very important but the way that we have learned how to communicate with people like the way have you seen these TikToks where people read out like what looks like a mem memo from HR when they're drawing a boundary with a friend <laughs> oh, these like no. formal like <laughs> hyper pathologized like sort of insta therapy terms that just feel so cold and so dead and like this is oh how we're telling God. people to talk to each other um and everyone's all about like i'm just being authentic i'm just being my real self but actually i can see the logic in what you're saying of just like becoming more and more of a disappointing friend until someone becomes so exasperated with you that they sort of opt out might actually be the kind of thing i don't know 
I don't know, but I do agree with you that, I mean, someone sitting down and just being like, I just don't want you in my life anymore. Yeah, that's hardcore. I like, think it would kill me. Yeah. Me too. And that's why I'm just kind of feeling like, how would I react to that? I'd be really like, I wish you hadn't told me that. I wish you just not invited me out anymore or, or, or whatever, you know, but, but maybe that's, you know, I think lots of people would have lots of different opinions on this. And I think some people would probably have really kind ways of being able to do that. For me, I feel like the kind way would just be a slow fade because you notice when your friend is slow fading mm. you you notice when they're taking a while to reply to things or not inviting you out and you notice that you haven't seen them for a little while and you kind of go oh shit like are we maybe not friends anymore cool mm. okay whereas yeah I, I don't think I could handle being dumped mm. by a friend in that way especially if it was like blindsided out the blue no yeah I didn't expect you to say that and I'm, I'm really glad that you did because actually I think it's it's actually far more empathetic. The only way I could think, if someone's like desperate to be able to draw a boundary because they don't want to keep having this long back and forth with someone making you feel guilty, a possibility, and you can tell me if I'm wrong mm. here, could be to say, listen, I'm so busy and my priorities in life have changed in a way that means that I don't have the kind of capacity and time that I used to. And I do think that you deserve someone who does and who can give you back what you are clearly putting in. And I don't want to keep disappointing you, but I also want to be realistic with you about your expectations because I just can't, I don't, I don't, I'm at capacity and I'm so sorry. And I, you know. That's a beautiful answer. Okay. I love that. I would, I, because I feel like you could take that. Because that's not someone saying, yeah, listen, like you totally changed. Yeah. We're not the same people anymore. Yeah, I think that's like, I'm, I think, I think that kind of thing is a lot easier to do if you are, you know, in a new relationship or you've just had kids or you've had a new job. And that's the kind of thing that you could blame it on. Listen, my new job is insane. I just don't have the hours that I have anymore. And I'm really sorry. I'm just letting people down left, right and center. As you said it, like, don't want to keep doing that to you. So don't be hurt or offended. But I think it's time you know. to seek that like re reciprocity like elsewhere because I just can't, I can't give it to you. Mm. Um, I think maybe that that's the closest I think I could come to something that I could handle. I think you said that really well. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully that was helpful because we get that question all the time on the podcast whenever we do and ask me anything. I'm so happy that you're here. Okay, so... What are your thoughts on hyper-independence in today's society? I shut myself off from dating for years thinking I had to work through my mental health alone. And I, now I realise that it only made me feel worse about my struggles. How does one engage in healthy connection while we're working on major health or mental health barriers simultaneously? Great question. Oh, I think it's one of those ones where maybe if you're, I mean, I feel like we're always always working on mental health I feel like that is just an ongoing process throughout mm -hmm. your whole life I think you come to a point I don't know about you but there was in my teens and 20s and whatever I mean social media wasn't around telling us that we had to work on our mental health we just bound around the place gallivanting with our mental health proudly mm -hmm. like not even realizing we were mentally ill and and now we are all in a place where it's like actually do work on yourself but I wholeheartedly think that that is an ongoing, never-ending process. Mm -hmm. I don't think you get to the end of it because I think there's always new shit. There's always a new phase of life. You can do all the work in your 30s or whatever. And then as a person with a vagina, you get to 41 and perimenopause hits and you've got a whole load of new mental health that you have to deal with. <laughs> yeah. Also, if I may add just quickly... 
we often, I don't know about you, but I've learned a lot of my mental health struggles because they pop up during a relationship, things that I didn't know I had trauma around. I would never have learned without Absolutely. being in the relationship to find it. Well, especially, well, especially attachment style stuff. Like you might not even realize how avoidant you are or how mm -hmm. anxiously attached you are until you're like practicing with someone. I mean, I think, of course, if you're in the midst of like psychotic episode, it's really not a good time to be dating. Or if you are, you know, extraordinarily vulnerable as a result of your mental health and therefore may end up in relationships that could be really harmful because you're clinging to you know familiarity and that familiarity is the abuse from your childhood or whatever you know then it can be really dangerous to date when your mental health is really low but it sounds like this person has done a lot of work and is still doing the work perhaps dating apps aren't the best place because dating apps are fucking brutal and, and a hideous place to be and will likely cause you mental health problems and trauma if you are not have not got the thickest skin before you go on there but I think actually if you're just open to it I think a really great thing for somebody like this to do would be get involved with community groups like volunteering go and work at your local or get involved in your local green party campaign or 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 your local soup kitchen or whatever because you will be meeting people in your community and generating love from different people and by like default you kind of end up meeting people who you can bond with and who you can get on with and it hasn't been like I'm out here at the soup kitchen trying to find a date which is definitely not the best place to go and find a date. But you just get out there and be out there and be open to love while also working on yourself. I think it's sometimes we can just be like, right, I'm not speaking to anyone. And sometimes that can be great for us. But work on you while simultaneously being open to whatever and not feeling like I have to be healed. You'll never be healed. What do you think about the hyper-independence and hyper-individualism of today? Because I think it's... Uh... I think it's great to, I, I think we have this pendulum problem, right, in our society where we go from, you know, hundreds of years of telling women especially, but all people, it's like you have to be bonded with someone and if you don't get married by the time you're 23, then you haven't achieved anything in life and nothing else that you do means anything if you don't have love and if you don't have a man and if you don't have kids. And then we've kind of swung, we always like make these very extreme swings to the other side before we come back to the middle of like, you don't need anything. You don't need anyone. You're like, you are your own boss bitch and, you know, whatever. And like, you know, this is, you can't trust anyone um, out here and everyone has to be uh, psychically aware of all of your boundaries and everyone has to be perfect who's around you and no one can upset you ever. And 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 uh, you just have to, you know, we, we use the term like protect your peace, which I think I, I very much so advocate for to an extent, but I feel like we've almost taken that. And this is largely coming just from like the amount of the shit that I see on TikTok, et cetera. Uh, there's so much language around this and verbiage around protecting your peace to the point where we're telling everyone, like we're, in, we're sort of like tr struggling to find that line. I've struggled to find that line between self-preservation and, and sort of self-isolation and selfishness. So... Do, do you sense a similar trend that we've kind of like swung it too far or do you think no I'm all here for that because at least people are protected I, I think we, we've swung it way too far I, I also mm. think 
this new generation, there is just so much misinformation and so many armchair experts and so many people saying mm. so many different things now that it's almost difficult to establish what is right and what is wrong and what should I do? And we're all just like tunnel visioned into the internet, becoming more and more narcissistic, more and more self-obsessed. And and I think it has had a huge impact. I, I think the person who had it absolutely right is Bell Hooks, All About Love. Uh, if you've not read that book, then it's an absolute must because she talks about love in all its different forms. And, and like, as I say that about, you know, that person going out into the community, even if you don't in the community find a romantic partner, it is that giving and receiving love in other ways from your colleagues, from you know, people that you just give care to in, in, in the street, like because you've bumped into someone who's had an accident or whatever, you know, love is generated from so many different sources. Um, and she talks in there actually about the hyper-independent stuff and about people, she, she, she references a little Kim actually and this whole thing of her being I can't she quotes some interview I think that she did which was all about like it's all about the bag it's all about the money I don't need anything else and talking about this kind of drive that people had to just make it to the top regardless you know to, to become wealthy regardless and yeah I think it's I think well, that's where we're at now people are just so individualistic and I, I think that's where we're at now. We've kind of got really, really lost. And then it feels like the only people who are kind of promoting relationships are like podcast bros with microphones who are like, you need to be in a relationship because you need a man to protect you from, from, from home invaders. Yeah, exactly. From home invaders. I'm like, how many times have you had your home invaded, mate? Like, really? No, but it's also like when men say like, you need men to protect you. It's like, from whom? Yeah, exactly. Who do we need, a, who do we need protection from? Yeah. Other men. Yeah. Well, you most likely, you're the yeah. one most likely to cause us problems. Oh, the, the biggest yeah. killer of women is their own fucking husbands or ex-partners. Mate, do you see that viral video? I think it just started going viral in the last week. I don't know if anyone else has seen this, but it's a guy being like, a woman should never be more than two thirds your size or your weight because yeah. she has to be able to know that you are big enough and strong enough to kill her, but you choose not to. But yeah. she knows you could. She knows you could pick her up and throw her against a wall, but you choose not to. And that's how to create a feeling of trust and safety for her because she knows that you are controlling you know, the sort of animal within. I was like, we have reached a new level of the fucking shithead matrix now. Like oh, this it's, is it's unbelievable. Like this can't be real. I was like, am I awake? Is this a nightmare that I'm having that this is advice that is being given? <laughs> and like the comment section, there's so many people being like, yeah, this is absolutely right. And even women being like, yeah, I like this feeling. That makes me feel oh. safe. Like it's the Tarzan to my Jane. And I just... It's very stressful. It's it's very stressful. I saw one the other day with this bozo on a podcast and he was like, did you know that every time a woman has sex with a new man, his sperm enters her brain? Uh, and then this guy was like deadly serious. And then all the people in the comments underneath were like, why don't they teach this in schools? Like, <laughs> because it's not true, you fruitcake. Like that it's all mad. And this is what the, this is, part of the problem is like in some ways it's almost better to be on your own for the rest of your life than to be with <laughs> someone who has been on indoctrinated into what relationships are by a man with a microphone mm. and there are a lot of them out there 
Oh, wild. So yeah, love love yourself. <laughs> In short, you don't have to wait till you are perfectly well. There is no end to the journey of happiness and, and mental health, but don't close off the idea to all love just because you're still working on stuff. Because sometimes, as I found with my boyfriend, we've been an, a massive help to each other with our mm. mental health, like a massive support and like a big ride or die friendship has grown underneath all of the love. So sometimes with the right person, that journey towards happiness doesn't hinge on being in a relationship, but the right person is a friend mm. above all else. Absolutely. Who then you're also attracted to and you also are in love with, who can be an amazing companion through the fire because it's fucking lonely and it's fucking hard. So you can do it by yourself, but don't feel like you have to, right? Yeah, just be open to love at all times. Right. I think, unless yeah. you really are in a place where you just shouldn't be, but you'll know that in yourself. A hundred percent. All right, next one. What advice would you give to people who are struggling with self-esteem or body image issues when it comes to dating? My sister's put off dating, quote unquote, until she loses more weight, but she's in her late twenties now and seemingly not doing anything about getting in better shape or putting herself out there. And I'm worried that the longer she stays single, the greater her chance of remaining that way will be because she's depriving herself from the experience and building that skill set. Would love advice for how to encourage her without being patronizing. It's not really your business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, stay, why are you talking about your sister like that? Like, it, it sounds like you're almost, I don't know, well, she's not in very good shape and she's not doing anything about it. Like, let your sister do what she needs to do in her own time. And the best way to, you don't even need to encourage her. Make her feel good about herself. You mm -hmm. can help her to boost her self-esteem by giving her beautiful validation about what a wonderful person she is. Mm. Make her feel great. You're her sister. There's surely loads of things about her that are fucking fantastic and wonderful. Help her to develop those things. And don't even, like, I mean, you could find out about local things that are going on like a pole class or something but don't be like do you want to come to this pole class because I think you need to lose a bit of weight and feel sexier at the same time be like I really wanted to spend some time with you doing some fun shit do you fancy this and she probably won't fancy a pole class at this point because she's feeling crap about herself and her weight but you need to gently encourage her to get out there maybe ask her to like and just work on her to... confidence it's like it's the inside not the outside like I, yeah. I my whole life like I believed that I had to be really skinny to find love and I just I was became more and more and more anorexic not for that purpose but just because I thought that's what would be attractive and that's what you know would make me worthy of love and worthy of like whatever acceptance and my unhappiest years were when I was in my quote-unquote best shape um where I was exercising f like frantically and starving myself my estrogen was on the floor my I was diet obsessed like calorie obsessed didn't have time to think about growing the parts of my personality that would make me enticing or attractive like I just I, there was nothing there, which is my brain was just like a calorie book rather than like any kind of focus anywhere else. And and then when I was at my biggest that I've ever been, that was the time when I least expected because of the programming that we have anyone to find me attractive. And it's when I had some of the best sex of my life and some of the like the happiest times and the most romance. And, and so it was such an amazing awakening to me to learn that these things are us like us are so 
arbitrary and so nonsensical. You know, we've we've talked about it before on the podcast, like the fuckable pound, the number that you have in your head of like the weight you have to be for when you're fuckable. And it's all a lie. It's all about chemistry. I went years with like at like a model weight without meeting anyone I was compatible with or even having the energy or urge or desire to to eat anything never mind a dick or a pussy like i just mm. i was i was on an all-round starvation diet and so I, I really want like that to be also like the narrative that we push in people is just like you have never you you never know and you have no idea and it is so much less i'm not saying it's not at all about the way that we present ourselves in the world but it is not about your size there nothing guarantees you meeting someone you have a connection with and nothing gets in the way of a true connection when you find it. Just encourage her to get Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yeah, and follow some accounts of some big, beautiful women of all shapes and sizes who yeah. are in healthy, loving relationships with themselves, maybe single women who just feel great and who are having great sex. There's loads of great accounts uh, of just hot women. Follow them and feel... And they're hot because... Not because they they are models or or they look you know particularly wonderful. They're hot because they believe that they are hot, and 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 by virtue of that they glow and they they love themselves. And that is a point that is really hard to get to. And I that changes for me throughout the month. Like when I am ovulating, I think I am a spectacular buffing. Nothing can touch me. I walk out into the world with just the most confidence I would get my tits out for anyone literally mm -hmm. a week later when I go into the luteal phase I look exactly the same but I am disgusting as far as I'm concerned mm -hmm. I am ugly do not look at me my tits are on the floor why are my nipples scraping against my belly button why do I look so old you know I look exactly the same it is all in my mind and it's it all is so dictated yeah mm -hmm. by hormones and how I'm feeling but I think the best thing for your sister is to to really work on her confidence and I think the only way for her to do that is by having a sister like you who is supporting her to yeah. feel like a spectacular buffing not not making her feel like she needs to change. Yeah, I think I think her sister's heart is in the right place. I can I can see the logic where she's like, well, if you're saying you're going to start dating when you do this thing, but you're not making an effort to do that thing, then what do I do? I can see the logic of it. I just think ultimately, then we're still placing importance on this arbitrary thing that I can tell you from experience makes very little difference having been all the different sizes. And it's probably bigger than that, isn't it? It's probably bigger than that. Yeah. It's, there, there's something more than that because if she's saying, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to date until I've lost weight and then is not doing anything about losing the weight, it's, there, there's more, there's fear that she's, she's frightened and, and, and maybe that fear is rejection or abandonment and maybe that reject fear of rejection yeah. is not even anything to do with her weight or you know but what the sister does mention i think her big concern is that then the the sister's like letting it go longer and longer and longer and not developing the skill set or the confidence that comes mm. with trying out dating i can see i can see the heart in the message and i don't want this person to feel like demonized for having sent this message i can see where you're coming from mm. um i just think that uh 
that you're you're close you're you're warm you're close to the thing that will help your sister um and it just needs a little bit of a tweak and i i do understand like you know i remember like because i hadn't lost my virginity till i was like 22 23 and it was like i was just avoiding i hadn't kissed anyone till i was 21 mm. um and it, it was just becoming something that i was now actively avoiding because it was just getting yeah. longer and longer and longer and so i see the fear i think it comes from a really good place it's just we're all having to unpack the fucking narrative of you know society for women so thanks for writing yeah. in and um i think that was solid advice no i think you're you're right and it is nice that her sister is concerned just don't push her yeah yeah not in that direction because it doesn't it doesn't change anything did you hear that that's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like give it to you. how about that that's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. Friday. Friday. It's almost like whoever named Friday knew it should be celebrated with free fries. Free Fries Friday at McDonald's. Get a free medium fries with any purchase of a dollar or more on the McDonald's app. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Offer valid through 9.30 to participate in McDonald's. Excludes tax. What advice would you give to someone who's recently become sober and has lost their libido because they've always relied on drugs and alcohol to feel sexy and worthy? I feel like a newborn baby in this department and I'm petrified. Oh, bless. I think this is an exciting time, though, because you've got a whole new load of shit to discover. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a good thing to reframe that rather than feeling like, oh, this is all new. I've never done it. Like, this is all new. And I've never tried what I'm about to try, which is sober sex, which is going to be amazing. And there is something in it. If you're somebody who's always relied on being high or drunk to have sex, and that is the way that you get out of your head, because obviously being out of your head is a really great way to achieve orgasm. If you're in your head and you're worrying about what you look like and what's going on around you and whether you've actually remembered to pay your council tax bill and all of that kind of stuff, then you're not having that as, you know, that wonderful heady sex. So so often people rely on drugs or alcohol to A, get the confidence to be like, oh, I can do whatever because I can also blame it on being high or drunk. But also it takes you out of out of your head. Um, and I think it can be a lot to adjust to that. I think you need to reframe it as something exciting. I think you need to use tools like adult sex education platforms. Beducated is an amazing one. Um that I use all the time, which is just a really great platform for relearning and rethinking about sex. Like it might, I think a lot of people feel like it's a really stupid thing to do. Like I'm a grown up, I've fucked my whole life. Why would I go onto a platform to learn about how to finger or how to talk dirty or whatever? But it's more than that. There are so many courses on there that just help you to think about self-esteem and think about confidence and th rethink sex. You know, especially as a heterosexual woman, a lot of the sex we've been having, I mean, when I watched the anal course on there, I was just like, fucking hell, how many men are actually doing this like this in this proper way, you know? So I think actually going and just relearning sex completely and getting the confidence from some educated, or there's plenty of other 
platforms. I'm, I'm not sure what the other names are. But try something like that before you get into your next sexual experience so that you have that confidence and you're not panicking about not being high or drunk. 100%. I've n- I've never uh, been not sober when I've had sex because uh, I've been teetotal my whole life until probably like a few years ago. And even then I've never, I, like of anything, I think I've gone like high a few times, um, but not during sex. And so I, I will definitely attest to the idea that like it's quite intense, you know, like being that intimate when you are like completely self-aware and aware of everything. But it also, like, there is such a beauty to it, I find. And I can say this, you know, like, from a very biased position of I've never tried the alternative and I'm sure it's wonderful. But it also has led to me not having a lot of bad sex in my life because I'm so hyper aware that I know very quickly if there's a connection and I know that that connection is real or not, just not there. Because there's no no kind of, like, uh, social lubricant there do you know what I mean there's nothing like masking whether or not this is real whether or not there's something good and it means I'm able to pay attention and then when it's really good I know it's because it was really fucking good and not because we were off our heads and so that's not to cast judgment at all on inebriated sex but it is just to say to this person as you're saying like reframing it as exciting I am personally glad that all the sex even the first time sex which is you know something that is a very self-conscious experience I'm so glad that all the sex I've had has been sober because it has, it's just given me so much information. And then when it's fucking amazing and you're still able to like lose your mind during it and like kind of travel to another uh, space, um, to know that that's a hundred percent organic is just the most bonding and crazy feeling. And there's such a vulnerability to it. I think you, you really hit on something there as well that this person will probably make much better choices because Mm. oftentimes when you are having sex because or when you're drunk or high you can end up getting with people just because you want to carry on the party just because you 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 don't want to be alone drinking or smoking or whatever it is that you're doing you you can end up making relationship choices based on your inebriation and sex choices so i i think it's 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 exciting all round because this is going to be a whole new I'm assuming they're not in a relationship, but like whole new choice of partners, whole new style of sex, whole new ways to explore things. I I, I would be really excited, but like, get yeah, I'm almost like write to us again in six months. Like we should do yeah. another episode together and I want to hear how it's going. Um, yeah. We're both excited for you. Okay. So another one. I am postpartum, and this one's very relatable, and a lot of my friends are going through the same thing. I am postpartum, and I found that I am not into some of the same things I used to be sexually, which has been confusing not only for me, but also my partner. Wondering if this is permanent or temporary. Some things I used to like, for example, certain positions or biting, do not feel pleasurable or even neutral. Like, maybe I'm okay with them sometimes. My partner has been so supportive and does not pressure me. I am the one who feels pressure from within and often confusion or frustration towards my changing body, despite all the healing work I've done in the past few years. Do you have any suggestions? That's a difficult one. Just give yourself a little break and Mm -hmm. just don't... Well, you don't have to be a sexual being right now like if Mm -hmm. she's I don't know how long postpartum but your body is so oh it's such a strange feeling like it took me at least I don't know maybe even 18 months I mean I don't know if she's still breastfeeding if you're still breastfeeding I, I think it can be really difficult to 
feel sexy and sexual and and there was always this really weird thing for me of like after I, I stopped breastfeeding my son when he was about nine months um and and then the next time that like someone sucked on my nipples I was like Ugh! Like, is, <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> not right. Like looking down and seeing a head with hair on it rather than a little bald head was like, no, like, uh. And it can take a long time to not feel like a vessel, you know, like mm. a vessel that has just given birth and everything just feels different. And that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's all right to just go. I don't need to be a, a, a sexual being unless I really want to. But it sounds like you don't want to right now. Like maybe you want or at least to not in those you ways, should. right? Yeah, well, it sounds like she wants to because maybe she feels like she should. And maybe right. she needs to just like, you know, ease herself back into... First of all, you've got a supportive husband and you don't need to have sex with him in any way, shape or form in order to keep him. And if you feel that you do then maybe he's not the supportive husband that you think he is. And maybe you need to have that conversation and communicate how you feel and why it's going to take you a little while to feel ready again and to feel like your body is a sexy thing rather than someone's mum. Yeah. And maybe easing yourself in with masturbation and self-pleasure and like loving your new body because it does feel like a new body and it Uh is a new body. It's done crazy new things and and love it and touch it and, and experience it and explore yourself again when you're ready and then ease back into sex with your husband when your head is back to it and it can take a while. But if you've still got a kid chomping on your nipples daily, it's very hard to feel sexy. Totally. Also, I would just say that, like, again, you know, when you were talking about reframing with the last one, there is potentially when you are ready to be sexual, like from an organic place, not a place of, you know, feeling guilty, that maybe you're going to be into new stuff now. And maybe that's fun and that's exciting. And you can learn new stuff that you both find pleasurable you know, and the, maybe the old routine's out for a while or forever. And that maybe it's time for to shake it up and, you know, find new forms of pleasure, new zones of pleasure. I think that's something that can be exciting for you and your partner to do together. I agree that you should communicate your anxieties around this. And sometimes even just communicating that anxiety of the pressure can make the pressure go away. Just mm-hmm. saying it out loud because otherwise we ping, especially I feel like women, just ping pong our own anxieties around our head and just grows and grows and grows. And we feel so responsible for everything and everyone's needs. And it's like, fucking hell, you're already responsible for this little person. That's already so much. So just give yourself a break, communicate, and then look at this as like, maybe this is going to be a bit of a sexy, be a bit of a sexy adventure for the two of you. People yeah. change over time, even if it isn't because of a baby. People's like People find new things that they become curious about or things that they felt ashamed about before that now they're suddenly kind of into or they've seen something that they're like, oh, I'd like to try that. That's yeah. okay. Nothing has to stay the same. Like, the, like relationships are transient. Sex is transient. Pleasure is transient. And Absolutely. so, and she's I think probably exhausted. Oh my you know? god, so tired! And your oestrogen is all over the fucking place. Yeah. So, like, get, really give yourself a break. And if, if that, you know, if you would rather use your spare time sleeping than having sex, that's okay. That's yeah. allowed. That's normal. You don't have to be a sexy milf right now. Hundred percent. Amazing. Thank you for that. 
So last one, this is a good sort of dating one. I've been dating someone new and really like him. We've started to become more intimate and I want to make sure that we're both on the same page about expectations and boundaries. I've read about the importance of communication in a healthy sexual relationship, but I find it a bit challenging to start this conversation. How can I initiate a talk about sexual boundaries and expectations without making it awkward or feeling too forward? I want to ensure that we both feel comfortable and respected in our relationship. Can I just say... The people writing into this podcast are largely just so emotionally like sound and intelligent. Uh, it's just great. Oh, these are it's, wonderful questions. Sorry, go on. It's lovely. No, it's, I love that people are thinking about this stuff. Yeah. But actually, don't overthink it. You know, okay. this is exactly one of those ones where, I, and I totally get what they're saying, that, it, was it a, a, a woman dating a guy? Is that I'm said? not sure. I know that the... Uh, I've been dating someone new and I really like him. So they're dating a man. So we'll, I mean, it's just, oh, we don't know. Either way, yeah. Um, so, uh, so I can't I, help I totally but think get... that the duty of care means this is someone who's been socialized as a woman. Like, the, possibly. Yeah. Possibly. <laughs> but go on. Um, I, 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 I do understand that thing of feeling like I, I don't want to be like, right, I don't like anal. I don't like being spat on. I don't, but I do like this and you can do that, you know, and it doesn't, that the conversation doesn't have, to be like that mm -hmm. it, the conversation can be much more natural and actually if you are you know wanting to get intimate with someone and, and developing an intimate relationship it's a great conversation to have before you've had sex like what do you like and what don't you like mm -hmm. you know what 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 are you into what are you not into what turns you on what turns you off like have that conversation and and that's how you can set your boundaries you know if they sort of say oh I really like this you could say oh I'm I'm, I'm not into that at all that's not something that I like to try or you could say I've never tried that I might try that but I'm not entirely sure you know you can communicate have those conversations yeah I've said on this podcast before that like I remember when I was making this documentary about porn years ago for uh, I think it was like the radio or something and um, I was speaking to the sex educator who was uh, telling me that you know the BDSM community is extraordinary when it comes to the sort of like pillar of consent obviously mm -hmm. no community is perfect and I'm sure that there are problems within any sexual community but the fact is is that they have completely destigmatized like the way that you tell someone what you like and what you don't like and so often before even meeting up on a dating app people will send each other their sort of like sexy list of like I really like doing this I really like doing that this is less for me but I'd be willing to try it and there's a way of doing that in a way that doesn't feel like you're giving someone an instruction manual you're just saying like this is my sexy secret list and I'm showing it to you and if you like the things on it then let's try them together and if not that's so fine and it was so nice to meet you and I hope you find someone who's compatible with your list like there's a way of doing that and I it really changed the way that I looked at the BDSM community because I kind of like felt like it was all very intimidating and 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 scary and 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 overly pushing of boundaries but actually it's the most respectful of boundaries it's kind of fucking crazy that we go into something as intimate as sex not knowing each other's histories and are just like don't talk about it just tr stick it in and wish for the best um yeah, yeah. Uh, so i think there's a way to do it that's playful oh absolutely and I, and i always feel like you know it's 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 so strange that we can feel ready to allow someone inside our bodies physically but but fear letting them inside our minds and and i and i feel like we probably shouldn't be fucking people who or allowing i don't want someone in my vagina who i don't want 
who who I don't feel comfortable knowing what's in my head, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like the two have to line up and I, I feel like I feel like it's incredible. Of course, unless you're having casual and a one night stand and whatever and, and and that's what you're up for. But if you are developing relationships with people, I feel like the two go hand in hand. I have to be able to communicate with you before I'm gonna allow your penis anywhere near me and 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 that does happen in a kind of like that can happen in a really nice flirty way like just what do you like what don't you like what turns you on does this turn you on that doesn't turn me on don't doesn't have to be a formal conversation unless you have really you know something that is an absolute no-no and you really feel it's important to be like by the way I I really freak out if somebody I don't know what could be anything kisses my neck or whatever and it would it, it's really important to me that 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 you don't do that you know um but otherwise make it fun make it flirtatious make it like part of the lead up to sex as you say like B- bdsm when they are talking about consent it, it's not necessarily right let's write this down this is a formal thing it's sexy it's this is what i'm open to let's do it yeah yeah talk communicate I love that. Thank you so much for all your advice today. I think it's just felt very relatable and sound. And I would love to know, given that we are still kind of like still tiptoeing into the year and people, you know, are getting into their, you know, I don't know, dating resolutions, etc. Is there a sort of big thing that you want people to look out for as they are, you know, rebuilding their confidence in the dating world? I, I say this genuinely not because I'm trying I'm here trying to be like, yo, buy my book. But I wrote my book specifically. It's, it's old now. It came out in 2020. Not old, but came out in 2022. But I wrote that book really for people like me who went onto the dating scene totally naively after a very long-term relationship. I entered the dating scene, went onto dating apps like an absolute idiot. Fanny first, like heart on my sleeve. Love me, love me. And I made a ton of mistakes. And, and my book is really a mix of my professional knowledge but also my my knowledge that I've gained from making all the mistakes that I want people not to make. So that is always my best advice to people. If you are heading out into the dating scene, my book will help you. It's called Block, Delete, Move On. And, and I really want people, I've, I, I think it helps to keep people safer in this crazy dating world. Yeah, 100%. Well, you've heard it from Lala. Thank you so much for coming on today. And I, I really hope you come back. This was fantastic. Thank you for having me. I'm really honoured. You're lovely. Likewise. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil is produced and researched by myself, Jamila Jamil, Erin Finnegan, Kimmy Gregory, and Amelia Chapelo. And the beautiful music that you are hearing now is made by my boyfriend, James Blake. And if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It's such a great way to show your support and helps me out massively. And lastly, at I Weigh, we would love to hear from you and share what you weigh at the end of this podcast. Please email us a voice recording sharing what you weigh at iweighpodcast at gmail.com. That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. Friday. Friday. 
It's almost like whoever named Friday knew it should be celebrated with free fries. Free fries Friday at McDonald's. Get a free medium fries with any purchase of a dollar or more on the McDonald's app. Offer valid through 930 to participate in McDonald's excludes tax. 